My name is Lisa, and I'm a sinner. How would our church be different if that's how we introduced ourselves? If we took a lesson from the 12-steppers who introduced themselves as alcoholics or addicts no matter how long they've been sober, what if we acknowledged our need to be here, our inability to save ourselves? How would our church be different if we let the perfect mask slip? If instead of trying to appear like we had it all together, we instead acknowledge that each one of us is broken or hurting or struggling and desperately in need of a savior. This first Sunday in Lent, the lectionary lays out why we need a savior. From the creation of humans, we have been sinners, whether we want to be or not. Even Paul, a saint of the church, acknowledges later in his letter to the Romans that he struggles with sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. We are all sinners. We can try as hard as we can. We can study the law and the prophets day and night. We can come to church every time the doors are open. And yet, we will sin. We will not follow God's will completely or joyfully. We may hurt our neighbor either intentionally or accidentally. We may think ourselves too important, too gifted, too good. We may fall to the temptations of pride Envy, gluttony, lust, anger, sloth, or greed. Each one of us will fall into sin. We will fail. We will do evil in the world. In every other part of our lives, we have to act like we have everything figured out. We cannot settle for being good parents. We must be the best parents. We cannot make a mistake at work without feeling our worth as a person is being judged. Our Facebook pages and Instagram posts can't show a trip camping in Georgia, but rather we must have photos of us dog sledding in Iceland or zip lining with Little John in Costa Rica. In the US, we spend more money than any other country on fitness, and yet we are still the most morbidly obese country in the world. Most of us spend whole days describing our adherence to our perpetual diets in moralistic terms. I'm being good today. I'm cheating on my diet. Brownies or donuts from the donut shop are bad food. We have turned from a culture where we feel guilty about our failures into a culture that also struggles with shame. Instead of being people who make mistakes, we see ourselves as bad people. I should be better. Everyone else around me has this figured out. I'm barely holding it together and someone is going to find out. I'm a fraud. I'm stupid. If they knew me, they wouldn't love me. I am not enough. No wonder we're seeing record highs of depression and anxiety. In a culture where everything is so right or so wrong, so black or white, 
and so dependent on us, where is the grace? China recently put into place a system to broadcast just how much of a failure you are to your entire community. Most of us are aware of how credit scores work in the U.S. If you take out credit in the form of cards or loans and pay them back timely, your score goes up. And if you take out too much debt or miss a payment, your score goes down. Well, China has extended the system to all areas of a person's life in order to establish who is honorable and trustworthy in their lives. Get caught jaywalking? Play too many video games? Smoke on the train? You could be blocked from purchasing plane tickets or have to put down a deposit when renting a bicycle. Some districts are even installing a shaming ringtone for your telephone, warning the person calling you to be aware that you are untrustworthy. Other cities are adding your name to a list of shame, projected downtown so that everyone can see that you are a failure, an untrustworthy, and a bad person. When one man whose name was prominently displayed on the list was asked how his life had been changed by being publicly shamed, the man replied, Actually, I think I have a lot more friends now. (laughs) I don't have to pretend to be perfect anymore, and neither do the people who hang out with me. This is exactly the role of the church in our lives. The church is not a country club or a social club, an extension of the world where we must put our best foot forward or be afraid of being judged. Church is more like Sinners Anonymous. We've all acknowledged we are imperfect people. Church is the place where you are a sinner and you are a beloved child of God, made in his own image and loved for exactly the person you are. Lent can take us to some desolate places. We should be examining our failures, our shortcomings, our desire to be better. But Lent is also the time to acknowledge that no matter how hard we try, we cannot earn our salvation and we cannot earn God's love. We are not perfect, but luckily we know who is. Today's gospel finds Jesus at the end of his 40 days in the desert. Immediately following his baptism, Jesus has been fasting this entire time when the tempter appears. Now, I don't know about you, but I pretty much lack any willpower if I have to wait for a late lunch. So after 40 days, I would pretty much do anything for a cheeseburger. With a normal human, Satan has a lot to work with here. But he starts small. The devil offers Jesus bread. Then preservation of self. And finally, he offers Jesus power. But Jesus focuses on the will of his Father. Jesus is perfect. And because he is perfect, we don't have to be. Lent is the time to acknowledge ourselves as sinners and to know we are saved despite ourselves. Jesus, perfect man and God, has paid the price of our salvation with his death and resurrection. As Paul reminds us, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by the one man's obedient disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. 
The stain of Adam does not supersede the sacrifice of Jesus. Our propensity to sin does not override that God loves us and died in order that we may be saved. On the Alcoholics Anonymous website, they have a list of the 12 steps. Now, I'm not an expert by any means on 12-step programs, but it appears these steps have been adapted to fit many addictions with which folks struggle, including narcotics, gambling, overeating, etc. And each one of them starts with something like the first statement found on the AA website. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. This Lent, as you are trying your best to examine your life, can you admit that you are powerless over sin? That your life has become unmanageable? Can you see places in your life where you have fallen away from God? Times when you have made yourself and your wants and your needs too important? Events when you have hurt your neighbor or yourself? Can you admit that though you try, you will fall into sin? And then, can you confess these things to God or to your priest, and through the grace of Jesus Christ, be completely and utterly forgiven of them, no questions asked, no deeds necessary? If so, I'd like to invite you to join Sinners Anonymous with me. Our group meets Sunday mornings and churches across this earthly plane. Hi, my name is Lisa, and I'm a sinner. Amen. Amen.